In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. Today we celebrate sort of the interesting inauguration of Christ into his ministry. And we had a fantastic conversation at the last service with our children who helped tremendously, talking about love, talking about promises, and ultimately coming up with some fantastic and deep recognition of all of our need to be loved, all of our need to belong, and the joy of being a delight to one another. Now, baptism is the primary sacrament. It's the entrance rite into the church, and it's based on the Jewish mikvah bath. If you've not heard of that before, it was the ritual cleansing. Typically, you can find in archaeological books that there's a, a big vat and carved into stone and there's one set of steps that goes down into which you are washed in the water and then another set of steps that leads you out helping to signify i have been cleansed right i'm starting over i'm going to try being holy again <laughs> right and this is the baptism with which john was going around the country talking to people inviting them to be baptized and to prepare themselves for the coming of the messiah and it's interesting, of course, that Jesus comes wanting John's baptism. We know that he didn't need it to wash away sin, right? And it's usually thought that the main reason that Jesus submits to John's baptism is that this is the forerunner. He was pointing the way, and so here Jesus is standing and saying, yes, I'm the way, I'm the one that has been talked about, and then he begins his ministry. He subjects himself to the Jewish purification rite as a good Jew, and he's fulfilling the promises. And I believe that Jesus' human self needed to hear what was told to him when he came up out of the water. We forget the power of these words. We place a high value on baptism, and that's understandable as the entrance right. And I think we need to place a higher value and a claim on the words that were said by God to Jesus. Because I believe every single one of us needs to hear those words in order to live out the calling that God has on our lives. Jesus hears from God. And in Matthew's version, we have this beautiful scene of the sky opening up and the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. And then this voice comes from heaven. This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is a blessing. It has three distinct parts. And we need to hear those parts. We need to hear this blessing to have the courage we need to live out what God is calling us into. God claims first Jesus as his son. 
I claim you. We belong to each other. Belonging is really the place where all human love begins. We have to know that we have a safe place where we belong to have a solid foundation to then begin our journey. We yearn for a place, and our families are, are, are hopefully characterized by respect and then expectations of us. Um, not always so, unfortunately. Certainly in the church, we strive to make sure that we know that we belong to each other and we belong to God. Secondly, Jesus is called beloved. God is saying to him, I love you. Now, most of us understand that all human beings require love. Even when babies are given nourishment and warmth, they will not thrive without human affection and love. Children especially can tell when someone can be trusted to love them. We must pay attention to children and their reactions to the world around them. Their reactions are very often enlightening for us. Just thinking, though, about being taught, being told, I love you, by those we love, it, it opens us up. Hearing those words from someone we love, it's like it makes us stand straighter and gives us confidence in who we are. Those three little words, I love you, they're the basis for all goodness in the world, and they're the heart of all moral living for Christians. Finally, God says that he is well pleased with Jesus. Another word I like to use for this phrase is delighted. God is delighted in Jesus. And we need to hear this as well because, frankly, the message is sent to us from the world and all those who seek to exploit and belittle us is that we don't matter. In fact, we're probably a burden. We can't do anything right. Deep down, we're not truly loved. We're just tolerated. Unfortunately, some of these messages start in the family. There are a great many people who know that they're loved, but they really don't know if they're liked in their family. Some of our elders, because of everything that happened to them, had hearts too small or too afraid or too selfish to give us the message that we are delighted in, the message that we need. And so we harbor anxieties throughout our lives based on that secret shame of being somehow irrevocably broken and unlovable. Today, when we talk to our children, I ask them the question, how do they know that they are loved? And they said, their families tell them, their friends tell them, and they also talked about things like being kissed by their dogs and having all sorts of things done right? Because we show our love as well as speak it. 
And unless that love is given unconditionally, there will always be something holding us back. We cannot hear the message, I love you because I have to, not because you deserve it. All of us need to know you are loved. You are delighted in. In fact, when I think about the term delight, it makes me almost giddy. It's that sort of word that transports our spirit beyond ourselves, which is exactly what we need. Because especially in our dire moments when we feel most messed up, most broken, we need to hear that someone delights in us because that will take us outside of ourselves, our circumstances, the mistakes we've made, and set us back on the path of doing good in the world. Otherwise, we will, like unfortunately a lot of society has done in the past three years, turn inward on ourselves. We'll quit this game. We'll give into fear, into shame, into isolation. These three words, these three phrases, this blessing that is given to Jesus calls him into his ministry and sets him on the road. He can step into that destiny, painful though it may be, with courage and confidence because he, know where, where, he knows where he's coming from. He knows who loves him. And he knows he's worthy of that. No matter our age or our stage in life, we need to hear and believe those things about ourselves in order to have a healthy sense of who we are, in order, in order to be able to accept the ministry that God is laying before us. We have to know these things. Otherwise, it becomes self-serving or self-destructive. No matter what is laying before you, it could be a nine-year-old who has the world in front of her. It could be someone in the midst of a marriage that is straining or falling apart. It could be that you're experiencing job transition or loss. It could be the scary diagnosis that has been given, especially in those moments. We need to hear and have this blessing. We need to remember who we are, whose we are, and that each one of us have a destiny. Each one of us delight the heart of God. So as we begin this new year together, I want to give you that blessing. All of us need to hear it on behalf of the church on behalf of this cathedral and the wider community, I want you to know, I claim you. I love you. I delight in you. I need that reminder as a baptism again of who I am and what God wants to do with my life. All of us need this promise from God.
as it sinks in, it'll be called out of us to be given to others as well so that we get to pronounce that blessing on the world who desperately needs it. What a wonderful way to begin a new year in Christ. Amen.